privilege and an honor it is to say good morning church, um, talking to the body of Christ. Um, it is encouraging and, and it is, um, sometimes you do find yourself such as Paul in, in, in Colossians where he said, it's a, it's a conflict, it's a, it's a struggle and it's, a, it's an agony um, to, um, to help. And to 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 teach and to labor um, for the word of the Lord, so that people grow in faith. Um, you know, um, there are a lot of great worldly teachers out there, and I say great with a, a lack of emphasis, um, because they can fill you full of perishable knowledge, knowledge that will die. Um, goals, um, wealth, riches, gold, silver, pearls. These things are perishing. These things uh, will die. And then there's those that, um, that strive um, and, and labor and work uh, in the truth. Today we are going to have a lot of scripture, and I mean a lot. And as, as, as God prepared me... Um, this week, you know, we are going through, and you're going to have to bear with me this morning, fatigue and tiredness with this time change. Gosh, leave the time alone. Uh, it's just plaguing me this morning. But as we're working our way through Colossians, um, we've had some awesome um, lessons and awesome scriptures and just so it's amazing how we when 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 you're growing in the word of the lord and in in the progress that we make um growing in spirit the strength that you get growing in faith you you start to succumb and you start to understand the fullness of being freed from sin right you start feeling the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. And, and, and church, I, I know that, that, that some of us um, here today, we struggle with that weight of the flesh, and we struggle with that weight of sin. And, and maybe you, you struggle with the fullness of the weight of sin, knowing that you are in risk of, of damnation of eternal hell what the Bible calls the second death. Christ is your freedom, church. Christ is your strength, church. Christ is your all in all. Through His Spirit, we, we understand that fullness of His freedom how he breaks those chains of sin, and how he does that, it starts internally, church. Um, it starts internally to the point that you gain strength by knowing, therefore you don't have to act, church. If you go back to the biblical way of how sin is born, 
Sin starts from the heart, goes into the mind, and when the action comes out, it is a sinful action and a rebellion against God, okay? That, that is how sin is. Through Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God that dwells in our heart, that change of that heart, when that flesh welps up and, and that sinful desire starts, starts beating up inside of, of, of this sinner, God squashes that through His Spirit of that thought, knowing you know that you're rebelling against God. And yes, it is hard not to act upon it. It is hard. That's that spiritual warfare that the Bible talks about that we are in. That spiritual welfare. Whereas um, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak, right? Feeding that spirit. We talked about in great detail last week about the death in Christ, right? We talked about how that we are hidden, the Bible says. We are hidden with Christ in God. That flesh is dead, being hidden in Christ with God is awesome. It is, it is so satisfying. It is, it is like no other um, tranquility that you can find in this world. The world cannot offer enough peace that, that, that fulfills that peace that you feel when you are hidden in Christ with God, church. That freedom that you feel, um, knowing that, that, that whatever circumstances, whatever the rises... Whatever stumbling blocks, whatever turmoil, whatever trials, whatever tribulation, whatever thing this world has to offer, I know that I'm going to make it through it. And whether I don't make it through it here, I will make it through it for eternity, church. That is your security. That is our hope. That is what we call, and, and, and we keep references in this verses, you know, that's the hope that becomes an anchor for our soul, right? That's our hope of eternal of eternal. I've got that mansion just over a hilltop. I got that mansion, you know. That mansion is that eternal hope. Amen. Well, we have been talking in great detail about the characteristics of a believer, right? We've been talking about how to exhume those godly characteristics. This week, we're talking about that new character in Christ. Okay, knowing that your power, your strength, and your willingness comes from God, church. This is a power of God. By myself, I can do nothing, but through Christ, I can do all things, church. Do you understand that fullness? Do you understand that? That's why I want to go through some scripture today. Um, and it's a lot. As we read, and we're going we're gonna to read chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. We'll do as we always do. We'll stand and reverence God's holy word. Um, there's some words that are used here that I think that needs clarity. I think that we need to really hone in on, I think that we really need to concentrate on so we can get the fullness of what God has done, okay? So if you have your Bibles, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. If you'll please stand and reverence God's word with me. Now, 
if you remember verse 10 of chapter 3, he says, put on the new man, okay? The new man, what has the new man done? He's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Talking about God, where there's neither Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ in all. In other words, we are one. We, there's no Jew, no Greek, nothing. It is Christ if you believe you're one body, Christ in all. And then he says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against you and uh, against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. All right, let me read that again. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also are you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and abonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And church right there, let us pray. Father, we come to you this morning again, God, um, God, we're thankful for this day, for this is the day that you've made, Father. God, we're, we pray, God, that we are glad, Father. We are pray, Lord, that we rejoice in this day, Father. God, we pray, God, that you open our minds and our hearts to understanding and wisdom, Father. God, we pray this day that you are glorified, Father. And again, God, we pray that we magnify your Son, Father. We pray, Lord, that we glorify you, Father, uh, for it is through your power, Father, that we believe, Father. God, we pray that we glorify you, Father, that, that God, that you are just worthy of all praise, Father. God, we pray this day, Father, that you just help us, Father, and in all of our times in need, Father, be with all those that have found themselves on a bed of affliction, Father. We pray, Father, that you will send them a labor, Almighty God, that you help us, Father, to overcome, Father. Father, we pray all these names in the name above all names, your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you've given all authority to. His name we pray. Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, throughout Scripture and throughout the teachings of the apostles, throughout the teachings of the prophets, throughout the teachings, a lot of times you see... Um, God utilized words like therefore or now. You see him utilize these words that he has just taught us something. Going back to what, what had just happened was Paul says, listen, Christ is God. He is the Trinity. It is through him all things are, right? We are reconciled in Christ. Christ sacrificed his life so that we may live. 
Don't be caught up in any kind of philosophical view. It's not philosophy, it's Christ. Don't be legalistic. Don't strive for perfection in your religious activities because Christ freed you from those. And do not be carnal in your mind, but it is Christ who set you free. He just got done saying this, and then he goes on and he says, therefore, therefore, now that we've we've destroyed every self-indulgent ambition that you have to inherit God's mercy, or to earn God's mercy, or to earn God's grace, you cannot achieve that, and it is Christ that allows you to stand holy and righteous before a righteous God and a holy God. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Put on these characteristics of God. Now the word elect jumps out at this part of the scripture. Much debated. It's mentioned 24 times in Scripture. All right, verse 15. Verse 15 says that, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called. The calling of God is mentioned 154 times inside of Scripture. All right, in Romans chapter 8, verses 27 through 31, we're going to read those real quick. It says, Now he... Referencing capital H, God, who searches the heart, knows the mind of the Spirit, is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Same Greek word, called. This is one of the 154 times the word called is used. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called, again the same word called, who he called, those also he justified, and whom he justified, those also he glorified. Now, God called certain men, right? We go back to the beginning. God called Noah, right? He called Noah to build a boat because um, judgment was coming on the earth. Now, Noah, how was Noah righteous before God? What did he do? He believed God. He believed God. Through his belief, he become righteous and holy before God. His belief. All right? Abraham was called of God. God came to Abraham and he says, Abraham, I want you to drop everything that you are, everything that you have, everything that you knew, and I want you to go this direction. What did Abraham do? He said, yes, God. He believed God. All right? It wasn't in his flesh. It was through the Spirit of God, his calling inside of his heart, that he believed God. He believed God and he was accounted to him righteous. Go back to John chapter 3. All right? Famous story. Now we know this famous story. John chapter 3, verse 3 says, Jesus said unto him, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. How must a man... Now listen to what Nicodemus says. Nicodemus comes to him. He was a Pharisee. He was a Jew. He comes to him and he says, Teacher, 
Uh, he calls him rabbi. He says, we know that you are a teacher and you come from God. For no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. All right? Now, Jesus answered him and answered a question that he didn't even ask. Now, I know we've mentioned this before, but we're talking about these words called. We're talking about these words elect. We're talking about how God works inside of the world. We're talking about how God works inside of our lives. We're talking about the Spirit of God, all right? It says, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the Spirit or the kingdom of heaven, all right, the kingdom of God. All right, go to verse 5 and 6. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Or kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, that's the answer. What was the question? Go back to verse 4. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time to his mother's womb? And be born? No. The man must be born of the Spirit of God. Alright? He must be born again of the Spirit of God. Go to verse 15 and tw- through 21. Now, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now we see the words whoever, we see the words believe. Alright, those two words. Now, go back to Noah. Noah found favor in the eyes of God. How did Noah find favor in the eyes of God? He believed God. Alright, how did Abraham? Abraham found favor in the eyes of God. Abraham was justified before God. He was righteous before God. How was that so? He believed God by faith. Alright, his belief is what prompted him to follow God, all right? So that whoever, in this verse, that whoever is whoever believes and born again, all right? That person is the person that has the new character in Christ because they believe in him and they're not going to perish but they're going to have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now those same people are the one that Paul are talking about here when he says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Those holy and beloved people are the same people that believes, church. If you believe here today, that is you. That is you. All right? So, verse 6, 17. Or 6, yeah, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. All right? We need to be saved. For verse 18, listen. Listen, verse 18. He who believes. There's the word believe again. Believe. He who believes in him is not condemned. So how can we escape condemnation by believing in Jesus Christ? That is the only way, church. That's it. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 
Now here's the condemnation, verse 19. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, but men and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds shall be or should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So the condemnation, the condemnation, church, is that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. That's the condemnation. But when God exposes your heart to the truth, the light is seen. Do you remember the story of the the the, the um, change in Paul on the road to Damascus? How did he describe Christ? A great light, blinding light. It was so so blinding that the other men, his caravan uh, that that was transporting him or with him, couldn't see. They were blinded. They were blinded. By that great light. Church, I, I myself can reflect upon life before Christ and the darkness that I lived in. But the light that God has shown in my heart for who I truly am. Something else that you need to think about is obedience. It's obedience. It says, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to light, lest his deeds shall be exposed. But he who does the truth, he who does the truth, Abraham, Noah, Noah was ridiculed for that boat. What are you building a boat for, Noah? It's never rained. It's never rained. You're building a boat? Why? Why are you building a boat? What are you doing? He was ridiculed for that. But what did he do? He believed God. He believed God anyways. The world had no effect on Noah's belief in God. Abraham, he was well-to-do. He didn't, he didn't need he did need, but he didn't worldly need what God came to him for, but he dropped it all. And guess what he did? He did the truth. He did the truth. He believed. These are the people that God is talking about in John. These are the people that Christ died for. These are those people Christ died for the believers, church. He was raised again for the believers, church. All those past, present, future that will come to faith in Jesus Christ, Christ went to the cross and died for. Every single one. 
Now go back to verse 4 again. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's room? John chapter 6. Verse 44. No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. For Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Verse, verse 35. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and who believes in me shall never thirst. That's the first one, verse 35. Go to chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world. Chapter 10 of John, chapter, or verse 7. I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. I am the door, verse 9. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Chapter 11, verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I am the I am, Christ says. Chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Church. A spiritual rebirth happens at the moment of belief. That rebirth that God was talking about happens at the moment of of belief. When Noah found favor in the eyes of God and he believed God, he was spiritually reborn. When Abraham found favor in the eyes of God and he believed God, he was spiritually reborn. And my friends, beloved church, if you sat here today and you believe God, you were spiritually Reborn. Therefore, church, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Understanding that fullness, church is imperative in your Christian walk. The things that we talk about 
on Wednesdays and Sunday mornings and Sunday during this time and that stringent lifestyle that you're like, oh, gosh, holy cow, I can't live like that. You have the power of God living inside of you. You don't have to do it on your own. You can't fulfill it. But God can. He did. God can. God can. Therefore, you are called. Therefore, God has has selected you. You're special. You're chosen. You're royalty, church. You're royalty. Go to John, John chapter 17. Listen to this. This is great stuff, church. Listen to what he says in verse 2, verse 3. It says, this is Jesus having a conversation with his father. It says, as you have given him, you, as in God has given him, Jesus, authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. So they must have been gods before they were Christ. And God has given Christ all of them. All of them. Look at verse 6. I have manifested your name to men. Christ is talking uh, to God, about God. I, Christ, have manifested your name, God, Yahweh's name, to men whom you have given me out of the world. You, God, have given these men to me. They were yours, God. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Why did they keep your word? It's because of my power. Church. My power. Look at verse 9. He says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. But those whom you have given me, for they were yours. Christ, who did the work, died the death that we deserve, went and sat down on the right-hand side of God, making intercessions for you, is today praying for you, making intercessions for you before God. Look at verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Now that is the power of God. Those whom you gave me, I kept, and none of them is lost. None, church. Sanctify them, he says in verse 12. 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. I do not pray for these alone. Now we know at that part of the, the scripture contextually, he was talking about the apostles, wasn't he? But I don't pray for these alone, he says, verse 20 but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Because faith comes by what, church? Hearing. 
And hearing by what, church? The Word of God. Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is true. They, that they all will be what? One. Go back to Paul's teachings in Colossians. Chapter, or chapter 3, verse 11, there's neither Greek nor Jew nor circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythians, slave nor free, but Christ in all and in all. We are one, church. One. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, Kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Church. Romans chapter 11, verse 13. He says, For I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am as apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. 30 through 36, for as you were once in disobedience to God, yet you have now obtained mercy through their disobedience. Talking about the Jews. Even so, these also now been disobedient that through the mercy shown to you, they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them to all disobedience that he might have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. The depths of the riches of God. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. Go to verse or First Peter, chapter one, verses three through five. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again. He has rebirthed us, church. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you. Here's the stamp, the seal. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. Look at verse 13 through 16. Of chapter 1. Therefore gird up your loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope. Fully upon the grace that is. That is to be brought to you. By the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children. Not conforming yourselves to the former lust. As your ignorance. But as he who called you. To holy. You also be holy. In your conduct. Because it is written. Be holy for I am holy. Why do we go through all these things, church? You know, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and I'm not much on storytelling. The word of the Lord is true. We were talking about kids, and we were talking about growing up, and we were reminiscing about the times when we were 
adolescence and ornery and probably some other descriptive words I could use about myself. Um, we were talking about that moment in time when you realize that the world don't revolve around you. Um, that was upon my rebirth. And I was probably maybe a little bit older than most. But your children at, at an age and at a certain point get to a point to where they realize that the world doesn't revolve primarily just around them. But every thought, every spoken word, every action has an impact on your surroundings. And as I thought about that conversations, because obviously I have a preteen, I have a, a teen, and I have a very energized bunny and um, little guy. And as I thought about that aspect of, of, of children, God put that into perspective for me through his word. And as I grew and I thought that I was thinking about others in my lifestyle, I was still oh so selfish. And when God called me and rebirthed me and changed my heart, that scripture that says we love because he first loved us, love entered into my heart. And at that moment, and as I grew in faith, I suddenly realized that there is nothing about me anymore. But all things is about everybody else. And things like tender mercies and kindness Humility and meekness and long sufferings come to mind in that journey because a new character in Christ has that revelation and has that understanding and has that wisdom and that knowledge knowing that you no longer live for you but for Christ, church. And when you are living for Christ, your ambitions, your wants, your desires are secondary to everything else that surrounds you. And I mean everything. I'm talking about how you think, how you act, the way that you speak, the way that you impact others surrounding you. It's a hard lesson for children to learn. Take a young child and tell them, I hate to tell you, that not everything's about you and watch them explode. Because an explosion definitely ensues. And I can think back that I was probably a 30-year-old child trying to realize that. Maybe you can too. But everything, everything about your walk with Christ is about others, church. It's about God. 
It's about a spouse if you have one. It's about your children. It's about your body. And I'm talking about not your physical body. I'm talking about the body of Christ. The church. All right? And verse 13 sums that up. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. This is a hard thing to do. This is a hard aspect of life to exhume. But don't you know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in you? You don't want to forgive, but you got the Spirit of God living in you, church. Just as Christ forgive you, so you also must do, church. That new character of God, the one whom God called and elected, holy and beloved, are calling us to this new character, this new person. John told Nicodemus, or God told Nicodemus, Jesus told Nicodemus, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Because anyone being Christ is a new creation in Christ. Totally new. Separated. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. Continue on with what Peter was teaching him there. Verse 1, therefore lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure miracle of the word, that you may grow thereby, if you indeed have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Lord is gracious. Verse 9, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but now are a people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Church, that is who we are in God. Go back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we have heard, do not cease to pray for you. And to ask you may be filled with what? The knowledge of his will and wisdom and spiritual understanding. You know why Paul was in such a great conflict? He knew the war that was going to ensue inside of this world. He knew that spiritual battle that was going to be taking place. He knew what it took to exhume godly characteristics. He knew that the that true believers were going to put on this new man and Satan was going to rage war. The flesh was going to rage war. And he knew that these things were going to happen. Therefore, he prayed for them. Verse 24 of chapter 1. 
Paul rejoiced in his sufferings for you and be filled up in the flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have, I said, for those in Laodicea for, and for those as many as not seen my face in the flesh. For their hearts may encourage being knit together in love and attaining all the riches and the full assurance of the understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he said all this because he didn't want you to be deceived. Church, growing in truth and in spirit is God's will for the church. Growing in that spirit, growing in truth. In 1 John chapter 5, this is the assurance. Chapter 5, verse 1. I mean, highlight this, underline it so hard. God said he inscribes his scriptures in our heart. Listen to what it says. It says, whoever, there's that word whoever again. Remember whoever believes? Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Praise God. Now praise God today. Anyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Born by the Spirit. How do we put on, how do we obtain these rigorous new character? By believing, church. (laughs) Believing. You can't obtain it on your own. You can't do it, but through the Spirit of God, you can put on humility. You can put on tender heartness. You can put on tender mercies and kindness and meekness. But above all things, church, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Go back to chapter. 13 of 1 Corinthians. Read that. Recite it. Know it. Know what true love is. True love. Christ is our example of true love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is true love. Christ went. He who knew no sin. He who knew no sin. Became sin. Church. He who knew no sin. Became sin. That is true love. He took it and nailed it to the cross. That is true love. And anyone who believes that he is Christ is born of God. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you also were called into one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing 
one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with a grace in your hearts to the Lord. And listen, church, whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Oh, what a marvelous prayer that is. What a marvelous thing that it is for God to open your eyes to His light. To allow Him to see that you're not what the world revolves around. But you all are. My wife, my kids, my church family. Like, I don't think you guys understand how much I love you all. And as we have a song this morning, maybe you're struggling with those sinful desires of trying to do what you cannot achieve alone. Christ is your strength. And has set you freed. He has set you freed from that weight. And maybe you sit here today and you don't know him. You don't know what the power of his resurrection is. And have not been born of God. The altar's always open. You can pray right there. Whatever God has laid upon your heart, if you need somebody to pray with you, grab one of us. We're always willing, church.